After all the optimism that there was around this New Orleans Saints team this offseason, unfortunately, through four games, what we know is that they're bad. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints and a live postcast episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Post your job for free, linkedin.com slash Locked on NFL. Terms and conditions apply. I'll tell you more about them here in a little bit, but we got to talk about a New Orleans Saints team that is nothing, nothing like what the offseason hype provided. Is nothing like what the team expected it to be. Is nothing like what any fan or any media member expected it to be. This New Orleans Saints offense is struggling. This New Orleans Saints offense is lost. This New Orleans Saints offense is bad. Can they fix it becomes the next question. But what will they have to do? Well, significant changes are needed. We're going to get to that. We're also going to take a look at the turning point during this game. And it all came down to the New Orleans Saints giving a gift right back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then we'll get to whether or not anything like went right on this field today for the New Orleans Saints and how things can move forward from here or should move forward from here. So, look, I know there's going to be a lot of folks tuning into the show that are angry, that are upset, that are frustrated, that are mad about how, how bad this performance was here today. And this was a bad performance here as I, I report to you from the, the ground floor, uh, uh, you know, the field of the, the, the Caesar Superdome. And I just want you to know that every bit of frustration that you feel, every bit of anger that you feel, every bit of I'm mad that you feel is absolutely justified. This was about as bad a game of football as you have probably watched as a New Orleans Saints fan since 2006. This was a rough, rough display. This New Orleans Saints team has still yet to score 20 points this season, despite having Derek Carr, the quarterback that they wanted to go out there and get this offseason under center, despite getting Alvin Kamara back this game, who actually had a, a decent game when they didn't have him running sideline to sideline. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid. I know Juwan Johnson didn't play in this game, but throughout the season, they've had all these weapons. They've had all this talent on this New Orleans Saints offense, and they have still yet to score 20 points, 20 points. The New Orleans Saints offense put up under 200 total yards of offense today. The last time that that happened was last year in that horrendous game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh in a 20-10 to 10 loss, in which they put up 185 in that game. Um, the Saints defense led up more than 20 points for the first time in after an 11-game streak, but I'm not about to put this loss on the New Orleans Saints defense because the offense 
handed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seven points in this game. So where do the New Orleans Saints go from here? Let's start there. Okay, we'll come back to the game and and all these other things, right? But let's just be honest about where the New Orleans Saints are and what it's going to take for them to get better. I asked Dennis Allen after the game today if they felt that it was necessary to change play callers if they would do it. Just can you do it if you decide that it is? And, and, and Dennis Allen gave me the same answer that he had given to several of my colleagues. We all asked him different questions about play calling on offense. And, and let's be specific here. We're asking about Pete Carmichael, right? Like, should Pete Carmichael still be calling plays for the New Orleans State's offense? It's, it's pretty clear that the answer through a season and now four games is, is no, right? Like, this isn't working. What the New Orleans Saints are trying to do isn't working, and it can't all be execution on the field, right? I know that that's kind of what they said at the end of the season last year. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, they put it all on the execution of the players this year. You can't say that. I mean, they, there's, there's remarkable talent on this field. The Bucks' defense is not nine points good. Um, there's an issue. There's an issue with play calling, right? They, let, let's look at, let's, let's define where that issue is, right? Where we can see those issues. Um, Running on second and 10 after an incomplete pass, that's back. Uh, third and four, let's take a 50-yard deep shot. That's still around. Um, the opening drive, in rhythm, everything looking good. And then the New Orleans Saints do what? They run this weird reverse that loses them eight yards. The moment that they get into the red zone, it's almost like, no, 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 we can't be in the red zone, right? They got to the 19-yard line and then said, no, 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 got to take a step back here. And then lost like seven yards or whatever it was on that play. Play calling has not been good. Um, and there were some things early on in the season where you could see that the play calling was much better. Using Chris Olave out of the backfield, being creative with motion, all that. We saw a little bit of that in the first drive of this New Orleans Saints game and this loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then it all just kind of reverted right back to what it's been. The New Orleans Saints had 11 offensive drives in this game. Five of them went for five or fewer yards, three of which were negative yard drives, including a drive in which they went negative six yards despite getting a 10-yard penalty in their favor. In their favor. This offense is not working. This offense needs to change. This offense needs to grow. This offense needs to evolve. And that might mean significant changes for this New Orleans Saints team. And it's unfortunate, but the truth is that those changes might not be able to happen until after the season because an in-season change at play caller probably isn't going to make your team better. Like that's just kind of the way that it works in the NFL. Changing your play caller midseason doesn't usually help, but can it be any worse than what you've seen through the first four games? Hard to say no, right? Hard to say that it's going to, or, or hard to say yes, rather hard to say that it's going to be worse than what you've seen so far. Like, let's just be real about this team right now. This team is bad on the offensive side. It's not a good team right now. And they had some things over on the defensive side that went well. Isaac Yadam getting them the interception. We'll talk about the turning point there for New Orleans, but it felt like everything was going their way. What did the offense do? Handed the ball right back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we can get into conversations about should Derek Carr have played, should he not have played. Even without factoring in the quarterback, this game was poorly called. This game was poorly managed. It just did not feel like the New Orleans Saints ever got a rhythm started. It does not feel that this New Orleans Saints team for the second year in a row now knows who they want to be on the offensive side. Alvin Kamara said after the game that there will be some tough conversations that have to happen. And those tough conversations need to happen right now. They need to happen quickly because this New Orleans Saints team 
is two and two through four games. That's what I predicted they would be partway through this game. But I somehow feel bad about it. Like I somehow feel worse about this team being two and two, even though I predicted them to be two and two at this point. I predicted them to be two and two because I had them losing games to the Green Bay Packers. And I think I had them lose. Yeah. And I had them losing the opening game to the Tennessee Titans. But yet they here they are two and two on two of just gut-wrenching losses gut-wrenching losses for this team, and now they have to bounce back going on the road two games in a row to AFC opponents, unfamiliar opponents, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, and then they've got the Houston Texans who are on like a weird tear right now. If the Saints don't rattle off a couple of wins here, all hope is going to be gone for this team, right? Like It's going to be hard to feel good about this team, so they can't let that happen. So let's take a look now and, and, and the way that they don't let that happen is by making a change somewhere, doing something on the offense that changes what the offense is and their ability to be able to produce. Because it wasn't the offensive line. It wasn't bad decision making. It wasn't those things that we saw last year with Andy Dalton, right? It was just not a good game plan, not a good set of play calls, offense not being able to stay on the field. It was all of those things. So the only way for them to fix it is with some drastic changes. And if those drastic changes don't happen in season, they are sure to happen at the end of the season. And it might just be more about the offense we're talking about when it comes to those changes at that point, if that ends up being the case. Coming up next, let's talk about the turning point for the New Orleans Saints. When it looked like everything was about to turn in favor of New Orleans, what happened and how did that impact the rest of the game? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate everybody for being here. Got that coming up for you. Today's episode, Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Maybe the New Orleans Saints could use LinkedIn to see if they could find themselves a different play caller over on the offensive side. Just head over post your job. You could change your hashtag hiring frame to spread the word, let everybody know that you're going to be looking for a new offensive play caller, get the recommendations, get the resumes, get the screening questions done, all that other stuff, and then maybe be able to make uh, the hire that you're looking for for your small business. Uh, I, I make the jokes about the New Orleans Saints offense, but uh, this is really good for small businesses as well. Small businesses have voted LinkedIn jobs number one when it comes to providing quality hires for uh, versus all of those leading competitors that are out there. So go check them out today if you're interested. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again, as always, for being here. And I know it's a, I know it's a rough day. I know it's a rough day. We've got over 200 people here chilling with us live. So whether you're catching us live or you're catching it later, no, I, I'm meeting you where you are. Like this, this sunk to watch. This was a, an awful game to watch. Uh, and not at all the result that many of us expected. Now, I did not expect the New Orleans Saints to score 20 points in this game. I'm going to be honest, right? I predicted them to win. 17 to 14, but I didn't think they were going to come out here and just lay three field goals either. Lay a goose egg again in the in the red zone, be bad on third downs. These were all the things that gave the New Orleans Saints a lot of trouble. And I don't want to sit here and just like beat it over the head, beat you over the head with how you know much this team struggled and how bad they were on offense today, because that's not fair to you. Like you had to watch it, right? Uh, but what I do want to look at here is when did everything change for the New Orleans Saints? When was there hope and then quickly no hope 
anymore. Before we get to that, I want to give a quick shout out to Brian Edwards Jr. Not the Brian Edwards that you're thinking of, the former New Orleans State's wide receiver over the course of the offseason, but uh, Brian Edwards Jr. who's here in the chat. It's his birthday. So I want to say happy birthday, Brian. Sorry that you can get a better gift from the New Orleans Saints offense in this one, but I do want to say happy birthday to you. Um, Look, y'all know me. I'm not somebody that's going to come on this show and, you know, rage against the machine or, or, or whatever and 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 say like a bunch of negative things about human beings, right? But but I will tell you that this New Orleans Saints offense is not working. And and we just discussed that all throughout the first segment. But I want to highlight something that changed everything for the New Orleans Saints in this game. Um the Saints got an interception from Isaac Yadam on the right sideline. Fantastic play by the young corner who has played two solid games here in relief of Paulson Adebo. I know he's surrendered touchdowns. But all in all, he's played solid minutes, right? And he's, he, he got the ball back to the offense at one point. And the New Orleans Saints, with 41 or so seconds left on the clock, went on, on the one-yard line, started a drive that, that probably should have been a touchback. Dennis Allen didn't review it. Probably the reason why he didn't review it is because it was already a turnover, which meant it was already reviewed. That's why they ended up spotting it on the, on the one-yard line. But probably should have been um, a should have been a, a touchback. But anyway, the Saints come out 41 seconds left. And, and I feel like the New Orleans Saints of old, even at 99 yards with less than a minute left, would have said, you know what? Get some breathing room and then see what happens. Can we get that field goal? Can we march down the field? And maybe that's just the difference of Sean Payton and Drew Brees, right? Uh, but this New Orleans Saints team went into this with the they went into that possession with the idea being, all right, let's pick, a, pick up a couple of yards, get some breathing room from the end zone so that we can kneel it out and then go into halftime. It would have been seven to three at that point. So the Saints try to go this super conservative, maybe maybe too conservative, whatever. But even without that, the, this, this conservative route of like, okay, in control, stop, stop them from taking a 14 to three lead, kneel, go into the end zone or go into, the, go into halftime. They hand the ball off. Adam Prentice fumbles. The Tampa Buccaneers get the ball on the seven-yard line. Tampa Buccaneers score. It's still 14-3. That moment is where the game ended, it felt like, for the New Orleans Saints. They never really recovered from that moment. That, to me, was a big-time turning point. And this is where I look at the Saints' offense and their inability to gain momentum, their inability to get into a rhythm as being pretty massive and very noticeable in this game. The New Orleans Saints right now have more turnovers on the season than they have touchdowns that they've scored. In this game, nine points, just three field goals. That moment, remember, we've talked about this a bunch, right? The, foot, the game of football is about moments. Can you arrive for all of the biggest moments? And the New Orleans Saints defense arrived at one of the biggest moments. They took away the touchdown. They took away the touchdown with the interception. But then the New Orleans Saints offense couldn't arrive at the, I don't want to say the easiest, okay? Because football is not easy. But if your goal was to run the ball, kneel and go into halftime, that ain't no moment. That ain't no moment, right? You're just trying to get off the field. You're trying to get off the field and then hold, you know, keep, stay, stay at the wounds that you have and then come in in a better situation at the beginning of halftime, at the, at the beginning of the second half. I get it. I understand. I understand. But the Saints offense couldn't do that. And that to me is as indicative 
as it gets and is as much an indictment on this New Orleans Saints offense as anything else. And that had nothing to do with the play call. That had nothing to do with the quarterback. It was your fullback who you've trusted in short yarded situations over and over again, who you've trusted in that very situation over and over again. A very reliable fullback in Adam Prentice. Fumbles the ball. And that to me is indicative of who the New Orleans Saints are right now. To where even the guy that touches the ball amongst the least of non-offensive lineman players contributed to a loss today. One of the guys that usually has the least amount of impact on a game with the ball in his hands, when he has the ball in his hands, right? He has a big contribution in terms of pass protection, in terms of lead blocking, all those other things. But I'm just saying like, this is a guy that gets so few touches that that part of his game doesn't often impact the results of the game. And today it did in the worst way possible by immediately giving up a ball that you had just gotten back, that you had just taken away. And we knew that that was going to be a huge, that was going to be a big moment or that was going to be a big key in this game, right? Was forcing Tampa, who had only given the ball away twice and they did both of those last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, forcing them to turn the ball over while not giving the ball away. And they turned around and gave the ball right away immediately after taking it away. So for me, when you look at not being able to execute that, then it's no wonder that they can't execute in the red zone, that they can't execute on third down, that they can't execute passing plays that move the ball forward, run plays that move the ball forward, that they're struggling to do those things. This Saints team is simply struggling on offense. It doesn't matter what area of, the, the, uh, of it you're all looking at, right? Play calling, yes. Quarterback, yes. Receivers getting open, yes. Hands all of a sudden, this was an offense that had no drops coming into this game. The only offense in the NFL with no drops. Two back-to-back plays, you had two drops. Had a wide-open Chris Olave on the right sideline, Derek Carr couldn't hit him. Had a streak or a, a big post route down the field, just barely, barely missed that connection with Chris Olave in the end zone, but it was also on a third and short that you probably could have picked up another way. Not great. And to hear, and the one thing that I will say that surprised me after the game in terms of Dennis Allen was Dennis Allen saying that he is not surprised that this New Orleans Saints offense is not performing well. Now, he said that they expected there to be some growing pains and that these were not the amount of growing pains that they expected. So I think he kind of clarified his statement a little bit, but it is absolutely a surprise that this New Orleans Saints offense is not in tune and not even perfect. They They didn't need to be perfect right now, four games in. It's still early, but they are far less than perfect right now. And that's massive for this New Orleans Saints team. Because you can't rely on the defense to hold teams to start holding teams under 10 points. Gotta start scoring points over on the offensive side. So, like I said, I'm not gonna come out here and, you know, go rage against the machine and and start like, you know, and, and yell and scream and 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 say things about bad things about human beings and stuff like that. And I know people want that, but that's not that doesn't amount to anything. But what I will say is that this team is bad right now. And that they have a very limited time to get it figured out. If they drop a couple more games here early on in the season, they're going to be written off. They're going to be written off big time. And they're going to have to have somebody accountable for that. Somebody's got to be accountable for it. All right, coming up next, 
Did anything go right for the New Orleans Saints team? And what should we expect from them moving forward? We got that coming up for you. As we continue on and wrap up today's episode, a very reality check set in episode uh, of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook and an official partner of the NFL, our exclusive sportsbook partner here at the Locked on Podcast Network. Right now, you can get new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed by simply placing a $5 bet. I'm going to give you my advice on where I think you should place that $5 bet. Next week, the New Orleans Saints and the New England Patriots play one another in Foxborough. Both offenses are bad. Neither offense has been able to find the end zone. Bet the under. Bet the under with your $5. And if you win, you'll win that. And you'll also get your $200 in bonus bets. It's $200 in bonus bets if you're a first-time user, win or lose. And that's all money then that you can use on other things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash on today to kick off your NFL season. Again, if you're a new customer, put $5 down on any bet, $200 in bonus bets. Coming over to you, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, a sombering episode, but I look fly, so I'm 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 cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, look, this New Orleans Saints team is not good right now, right? Like, just not good. But did anything go right for them? There's there's a couple of small things, but for the most part, we have to be honest about this team right now. This team, not a lot went right for them on on really either side of the ball. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first episode or your first episode, your first listen of the day, every day. David says, great episode, Ross. Kept it real. Yeah, we're trying to keep it real here. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you should have a lot of optimism about this team. I think that, look, here's, here's what I'll tell you, honestly, about this team, aside from what I've already said, which has been from a place of honesty, y'all. Like, like I'm sorry, I, I know it's tough like when when your favorite team loses a game and stuff like that to hear everybody like gang up and start beating up on you as a fan like you're not there's this this isn't about this isn't like a bad thing for you as a fan right like you're not bad for wanting this team to win you understand what i'm saying so that's why i'm always careful not to like beat up on it but here here's what i will tell you you have every reason to not believe a lick of what the new orleans say about their offense until they prove it to you and i think Derek carr knows that i think the new orleans saints know that i think this offense knows that hey it's part of what alan camara means when he says like we have to have we have to have some tough conversations, answer some real questions. Shout out to Nick Underhill, New Orleans Football for putting that out. Um, it is, it, there's no reason for you to believe that this offense is just going to magically get better, right? Like that seems reasonable to understand or, or to, to, to comprehend, right? Um, and instead they have to show you, right? They have to prove to you that this offense is going to get better. And I don't know how that happens. Um, you maybe could make a play calling change, Sharon to Curry, give him the reins, let him try to call some plays and or or call plays and see if that makes your offense any better. Maybe he's a little bit more aggressive. Maybe he understands that going backwards doesn't aid you in going forwards, things like that, like in the run game and stuff like that. Uh this run game, a lot of lateral runs that went from one side of the field to the other side of the field, kind of running sideline to sideline as opposed to getting north and south as quickly as possible. They kind of figured that out in the second half, but it was too late. It's like the turning point had already happened. The momentum wasn't being built. There was no identity, all these other things. 
So what went right for the New Orleans Saints? Well, that was one thing that they finally decided to start doing that did go right. I thought that the offensive line did well in the run game. I thought they did okay in the passing game. I thought that they were they were certainly were better than they have been. They didn't let up four sacks again this this time around. I think it was another two this game. Uh, so it's been 14 times that Derek Carr, or excuse me, that Derek Carr and Jameis Winston, right? Because Jameis Winston got sacked once last week against Green Bay when he came in in relief of Derek Carr. 14 sacks so far. So not great. Not great. Uh, so it's hard to say that there was real improvement there when you still see the pressure, right? And that that's still happening. But I do think that the offensive line looked a little bit better. And I do. here's what I do think will happen with the New Orleans Saints offensive line is that next week, hopefully you get Cesar Ruiz back and then you're back to your starting five because you had you just lost Andrews Pete with a concussion. Max Garcia had to come in, all that other stuff, right? So I can sit here and tell you though that, hey, the, the offensive line did well and it went well uh, I could, or did better. I'm not going to tell you that it went well. Uh, this team still did not average... Uh, a good amount of yards on the ground. They still put up only, what was it? 3.4 yards per attempt in the air. Um, The quarterback still got hit. Um, Derek Carr did. They got the ball out very quickly in this game. So it was good to see that short passing game, but then it didn't progress you downfield. So again, you have to choose when you're using these things. I just want to point out right now, Dallas Cowboys, as I'm recording this, or as we're live here, 30 eight to three over the New England Patriots. Just keep that in mind going into next week's game, the New Orleans Saints against the New England Patriots um, and see what the New Orleans Saints do against the Patriots. But the run game looked better with Alvin Kamara. That I think we can definitively say. Just looking at the rushing yards here, uh, 11 rushes for 51 yards. Alvin Kamara averaged uh, 4.6 yards per attempt. But still, the team, 3.7 yards per carry. So still under four yards per carry in this game. Uh, A total of 70 rushing yards only. And that's what happens when you end up playing from behind, too. So the Saints did not put themselves in an advantageous situation to be able to take advantage of a run game that might have been able to get going at some point. It started to get going far too late because the play calls had them running east-west as opposed to running north-south. So that was a big issue. But... You did see Alvin Kamara back. You saw the impact of Alvin Kamara, who was able to pick up those third and longs for you off of a, a short throw, things like that. The other thing that I thought went okay for New Orleans was Brian Brzee. I thought Brian Brzee had a, had, a, had a really solid game in this one. He did have the illegal hands to the face penalty, which just kind of unfortunately like happens in certain situations and all that uh, when you're trying to rush the passer and everything. So I, I give a little, bit of a little bit of an edge to that one or a little bit of a pass to that one rather. But he had the one sack. And that's the other thing, too, is that like even as I highlight the things that are going well, it's just reminding me of things that didn't go well. The Saints pass rush for six quarters now has been mostly absent, right? Has not been able to get home or impact the game the way that we saw the pass rush impacting the game through the first two games, through the first two contests. So even as I go through and tell you the things that went well, it's simply reminding me of things that didn't go well. So it's hard to really sit here and say, hey, here are all the things that went well when so much didn't. And so that's where I get back to like the best thing you might be able to say about this team right now is that Blake Groupie hit all three of his kicks. But when he's the only one putting points on the board for you, then there's a much larger issue than, hey, how's the field goal kicker doing? You know what I mean? So the bottom line for this game is that the New Orleans Saints have a ton of improvements to make. They have to, it's, it's almost like a long look in the mirror kind of a situation 
what am I, who do I want to be and why am I not that kind of a thing? The internal struggle I deal with all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it is, it's tough. It's tough to look at this new world and saints team right now. If you're a fan of this team and say, you feel good about it. I get that a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so it's on the new world and saints to prove to you and the rest of the fan base that they are going to be a better team moving forward. And maybe this is a big time wake up call. We've, We've seen this from the Saints defense in the past where they kind of get punched in the throat and then all of a sudden like you see all the numbers start to tick up partway through the season and everything. I think they've used that exact analogy before. It feels like we got punched in the throat and then, you know, kind of. So that's going to be one of the things that you're looking for from this New Orleans Saints team. But until you see it, and certainly until I see it, I'm not predicting this team to score more than 20 points until they actually do it. And so it's tough. It's a tough loss. It was a tough game. It's a tough showing for the New Orleans Saints offense. And every bit of rage, every bit of frustration that you feel, it all makes perfect sense. And I do want you to know that. So, oh, this is a good question. Somebody asked, why would Derek Carr play if you're not 100%? And the fact of the matter is that um, I think he was his 100%. It just wasn't a good game. I, I, I can think of one throw that I really look at and go, Derek Carr maybe could have made that throw if he didn't have the shoulder thing. Then he came out at the end of the game because of the shoulder, because the shoulder was sore. Jameis Winston comes out, and then the Saints end up turning the ball over again. That's you know that's neither here nor there in terms of why that's important. But even when they made the change, like nothing really, nothing went the the way of the New Orleans Saints in this matchup, and and that's just that's just part of it. So uh, I'm, I'll be very interested to hear what the Saints have to say. We'll be there tomorrow at the New Orleans Saints facility for the like. You know, day after press conference and everything. Um, and I, I'm very excited to see what it is that they have. They're very intrigued, interested to see what it is that they have to say and how they intend on making this team better. Because right now, this team is nowhere near what everyone expected them to be. And this team is nowhere near matching the amount of talent and potential it has on its roster with its ability to produce. And that's just being real. That's just being real. And if you come here for nothing else, I'm going to keep it real. All right, y'all. I appreciate you so much for coming through for another episode of Locked on Saints and for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Um, Coming up on Monday, we're going to have the Extra Point, which is a new feature here on the show, as well as the Hurry Up. So here's what I need. I need your questions. Oh, and I can't wait to see them. I'm going to pick one question to do for our Extra Point, and then I'm going to give you the biggest story of the day in the um, uh, in, in the hurry up. So we're going to have some, some short form stuff tomorrow and then we'll be back at you with another full episode Tuesday morning. I appreciate y'all as always for being here and making Locked On Saints a part of your day, a part of your routine. I hope that you're okay with the realness of today. I know it wasn't, you know, celebratory. It wasn't happening. I'm not going to sit here and celebrate when there was nothing to celebrate, right? So I, I hope you appreciate keeping it real uh, and being able to kind of get through this episode and talk a bit about this team. But I appreciate you very much for making Locked On Saints a party day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson. N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.